Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, guys. Well, this is a, this is a pretty special weekend. Um, Friday marked the four-year anniversary of Overflow Church. Why don't we give God a praise for that? Awesome. Yeah. And so some of you guys have been with us from the beginning. Some of you have come newer along the way, and we're just thankful that all of you are with us. And I know there are several who couldn't be here this morning who will be watching online, so we bless you guys in the name of Jesus. Um, But I I just felt like it was going to be good today in honor of our four-year anniversary um, to share with you guys some of the history behind how God brought us to plant this church, and I'm hoping that you'll get to see some, um, some encounter and some prophetic things along the way in the story, but, but I, and also want to be releasing impartation through it as well. So get your spirit open, and then we'll see what happens at the end, but I, I just believe that today the goal is to recalibrate your expectancy of what is in God's heart for Overflow Church. How's that sound? How many of you guys know that God dreams of bigger things than what we're seeing right now? It's true. And we want to get in on his dream. How many of you guys know that Overflow Church is not just um, a bucket list, um, check the box dream that Jessica and I had? It's way bigger than us. I want you guys to know. So Our inheritance is actually your inheritance, so that's why it's important to share this stuff. But I got to start by sharing some of my own personal story because it was it was things that God was depositing along the way to prepare for this thing to happen. So here we go. I was born in 1976, and I learned how to crawl in the month of. I'm just kidding. We're not going through all those details. I, I was born in Greenfield, Indiana, though. And grew up around the Greenfield and Shirley area, kind of the Hancock County. It's kind of my main growing up area. Um, and I was, I was raised in a Christian family, so I was in the church from day one. Well, maybe not day one, but probably month one, all right? I don't think mom took me to church the day she gave birth to me. She should have, though. That's, she needs to repent for that. I'm just kidding. Raised in church, though, loving Jesus, and, and I got baptized in water when I was age 11, and that was when I received my first Bible, which was pretty cool. It was a New International Version. Um, I, I liked that, and then I d- later discovered other versions I preferred more, but it was good. Got the Word in me. And, and then when I was a early teenager, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the church I grew up in was called Christ Fellowship Church outside of Shirley, Indiana, out in the country. And there, there came this season when revival broke out in the church. And I don't, I'm not going to go into the story of that too much right now, but I'll just say this. Um, the pastor's wife, they, they used to be a, a very non-spirit-filled church. All right, You could probably say a spirit-emptied church, as a matter of fact. But, um, but the, the pastor's wife had received a brain tumor, that grew to the size of a grapefruit and is cancerous. 
And she, she was given just a matter of months to live, no way out of it. And she started secretly while her husband, the pastor, was at work because he worked a job and did pastoring. While he was gone during the daytime, he thought she was at home watching soap operas. And he found, he found out later that she had been watching TBN and listening to faith preachers. And, and, start, and God started putting faith in her heart that he could actually heal because they didn't believe in that. They were cessationists at the time. So <clears throat> he, she ended up going to a, a doctor in Columbus, Ohio, and she was given two, two weeks to live. The doctor basically said, you guys go do it, go enjoy yourselves, because that's it. And so he told her, um, Bill told her, uh, whatever, whatever you want to do in the whole world, if you want to go to France, we're going to France. If you want to go to Disney World, Disney World. If you want to go buy whatever you want, we'll do it. And he didn't know like how much it would cost. He didn't care at the time, right? He, he knew his wife was about to die. And what she said was, I want to go to Rod Parsley's church. But, but you don't know that he actually hated Rod Parsley and everything TBN, everything faith-focused. And he actually, he actually commanded her to stop watching it and go back to her soap operas. But now, like, he, he told her, do whatever, do whatever you, we'll do whatever you want. I don't care what it is or what it costs. And she said, take me to Rod Parsley. He's a, he's a faith preacher, right? A healer. And, and, he, and so he had to work through his own words for a little bit, right? But he took her because he, he couldn't break his promise, even though he hated it. And he took her, and Rod Parsley had a word of knowledge that there's somebody there with a brain tumor that was going to die in a couple of weeks and called them forth, and, and he laid hands on them, and Bill actually vowed that they better not fall down under the Spirit. Well, they fell. <laughs> and, and she got 100% healed of that tumor. And, and yeah, praise God. And, and she was so healed that God even healed her of all the scars of all the tests that they were doing on her. It was wild. And so, as you could imagine, revival broke out at Christ Fellowship Church, and, and everything changed. He all of a sudden liked Rod Parsley, right? And, and then they took the church to Benny Hinn Conference here in Indianapolis, and that was when they all got, or the, the, the leaders or the holy adults, I should say, whoever they were, got baptized in the Holy Ghost for the first time. Come on! And God started breaking out in our church. And then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was 14 years old. And it took me a year for it to really catch, but, but by the time I was 15 years old, I got lit on fire for Jesus. Lit on fire. And, and I had a, the, the youth leader in my church, his name was Mick Ireton, and Mick, would, he was an evangelist, and he would look at me and he'd say, Jesse, you are going to change the world for Jesus. And he'd said that to me on a regular basis. You're going to change this world. You're going to turn this world upside down. And after hearing it so many times, because I was in a season of, I, I did not have any self-confidence at all, but he spoke that to me, and something lit in my spirit. And, and so I, I kept getting re-baptized in the Holy Spirit over and over. It was amazing. And Mick, who's an evangelist, he started taking groups out on the streets to witness for Jesus Christ. And we would minister the gospel to gangbangers and drug dealers, prostitutes, and everybody. 
And sometimes we'd go to nursing homes and minister to the old people, rolling around in their wheelchairs and walking around with their butts hanging out of the back of their gown. It was awkward. But you, get, but you just love them past it, right? But, but, and, and I was so on fire, and so was my youth group at that time, that because we believed that God has something more for us than just sports and, and getting through school and figuring out our colleges. Like, we started to believe that this world needs Jesus, and there are so many people in this world dying and going to hell every day. And I don't know the statistics, but I'm pretty sure it's more than three-quarters of the world are on their way to hell right now. Okay? Like, it's a lot of people. And there's that verse that says, wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and narrow is the path that leads to light. And I, but the Lord has lighting me on fire because I realized that I can be part of God's solution to the problem. Come on. And so, like, uh, and I, we would evangelize a school. Before I started going to school in 10th grade, they had a a morning prayer meeting like one day a week or a couple days a week, and I think there's like five people that showed up to it, and then after I got there and our youth group got lit on fire, we started like telling the gospel to people, and kids started getting saved, and and that group grew so huge. I think we might have had like 30 or 40 people circling up for prayer at the school, believing for God to move in that place. Come on. It was amazing, and we, we got persecuted and learned that persecution is actually a blessing. The, the youth pastor actually told us, he said, if anybody ever throws a punch at you or anything, I'm going to give you a, a trophy. <laughs> and he wasn't lying about that. Like, he was, he was trying to prepare us to get out there and face the darkness and bring the kingdom to it. Come on. Isn't that cool? I want to tell you guys that I I believe that God wants to light you guys on fire like you've never been lit on fire before. Come on. Baptisms of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord started giving me a heart for the world. And And I went on my first missionary trip to El Salvador the summer before my senior year. And the Lord just started putting the nations in my heart. Come on. The nations. And I, I want you to know that my walk with God started in the move of God. And I've never been able to go back since. All right? I got ruined for normal Christianity. Amen. <laughs> I graduated high school in 1994 knowing that I had a calling on my life to full-time ministry so I could see the kingdom come. Amen? And I sat out for a year and worked, and part, the reason I didn't go to Bible college right away, I got a girlfriend, all right? I, that, that kept me out of my calling for a year. But hey, whatever. It happens to the best of us. I sat out a year, and then I went to Bible college, to World Harvest Bible College, which happens to be whose school? Rod Parsley's, right? So I went there so I could get trained and equipped in the very place that sparked the revival in our church. And, and it was awesome. It was early in the, in the years of that school, but the Lord used that year um, to, to build a, a theological and biblical foundation for me to build on. And during that year, I started learning how to hear God's voice, which was awesome. And, and I started learning about the anointing of God. And so I started having these crazy encounters with the Lord and just felt the anointing continue to grow stronger in my life. And that summer... 
I came home from, from Columbus, Ohio, came home for the summer, planning to go back to second year, and I started having these crazy encounters during that summer, and God's glory filled my bedroom multiple times, like tangible glory where you, I, I saw light lit, lighting up my room, and, the, and manifestations was coming on me, and in that season, the Lord told me that, he said, I don't want you to go back to second year because I need you to stay here and serve your pastor. So there's a lot of that story that I don't have time for right now, but um, basically what happened was he asked me to start serving the junior high youth group. And so I I started serving the junior high youth group, and then the Lord gave me a vision for um, leading the junior high and high school because I believe that God showed me that revival could come to them if I would say yes to the Lord. (laughs) Come on. And so... I started doing that, and I did youth ministry for four years right here in Indiana, and I saw that youth group grow from about 15 kids to about 50 to 55 kids with God moving in the midst, all right? Like it wasn't, I mean, we played the fun games, and it's cool, but it was actually God was showing up and lighting kids on fire, and, and we saw people getting saved. Uh, we, had, we had drug dealers dip in sometimes. We had witches come in sometimes. Why would witches come? Oh, because when the Holy Spirit's moving, it's intriguing to supernatural people, right? But God was moving and people were getting saved. It was awesome. And in that season, I was having these crazy encounters in God's presence, and he was giving me visions and dreams that marked my life, things that still haven't even come true yet. Some of them are in progress even now, but I got promises from that season that I still have yet to see. <clears throat> Come on. But one of the things, I remember this so clearly. I, I was having an encounter in the presence of the Lord, and I saw a vision of the map of Indiana, and I saw a, a, a fire get lit in the middle of Indiana, or Indiana, central Indiana, and I saw that fire grow and grow and grow, and it started spreading outward in every direction until this whole state was covered in revival glory fire. And it kept growing. Like you, I don't even know like how far because I just saw that picture, right? But I, I knew then, that was in, the, in probably around 97 or so, 98, that God showed me that. I knew that God was saying that I was going to be a significant part of that. I'm not saying everything, you know, about me, but I'm just saying I'm going to have a significant role in that. I believed it. How, how crazy to believe something like that, right? But, it, but it's marked the way that my life has been driven. Like, how many of you guys know that God wants his kids to get audacious in the belief of what God can do in their lives? Audacious. Come on. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond all you could ask or think. According to the work of, or the power that's at work within you. Come on. Like, whatever you could ask or think, like, like my mind can go to some pretty big places, right? I, I, can, I can imaginate to powerful moves of God that I haven't even seen yet. And God's saying he's able to do that and then more, according to the power that's at work within you. Come on. I think the thing that keeps us from getting there is not letting the power work within us. 
All right? Because it's according to the power that's at work within you. And the more you let that power grow and become a part of your life, the more you start, your life starts moving into the things of the more. And the Lord can take it farther and farther and farther. I want to be a person who can see farther out than where I'm at and live in that place and this place at the same time, but being very diligent to take this place to that place. Come on. And I have some big beliefs. There are probably some people who saw us come here four years ago here in the big beliefs, and maybe four years later they're like, well, where is it? Well, let me tell you, we're on our way. <laughs> we are on our way. It takes longer than you think. It takes more work than you think, but you've got you to be diligent and do the work in season so you can prepare for seasons ahead. That's what we're doing, amen? So visions of revival fire breaking out in central Indiana, expanding and growing and encompassing this whole region. Come on. I believe for this. So I was born for revival, guys. <laughs> My heroes have always been the people who knew how to carry the kingdom of God and how to create moves of God. Those are the people who inspire my life. I want to feed off of those people. Amen? So in 2001, God moved me uh, from here to Nashville, Tennessee. And there was a few reasons why I knew I was supposed to go. One was because I, I knew that he needed to put me in an environment where I can grow more in my, in my leadership and ministry skills and all that. Uh, so get under some good training and equipping in that way. Also to find a, a peer community that was around my age and running after God together. Um, another reason was because I, I knew I was 25 years old and, and my parents were still kind of my fallback plan, and I needed to get far enough away from them where they can't be my plan B. In other words, I had to learn how to grow up, all right? <laughs> I had to learn how to grow up and be self-sufficient and not rely on them anymore. And then probably one other reason that God sent me there, back in those days I had this little motto and I put my, my Bubba teeth in and my, and my trucker hat on. And I walk around like this. And I'd, <laughs> I, I'd tell people, i tell my guy friends this, there's plenty of fish in the Tennessee. <laughs> in other words, like, there's the women, right? You, 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 might, find your, you might find your wife. I, I didn't find my wife when I went to World Harvest Bridal College, so... He, he had to send me to Tennessee. There, there are people who go to Bethel School of Supernatural Matrimony to find their wives, too. That's pretty cool. But anyway, so it was pretty cool because that is where I met Jessica in the right time. And I started going to a church called New Song Church, and it was an awesome four-square church. Um, and going after some things that I needed to grow in. And so in that season at New Song, um, I was getting under the apostle of that church, and God was imparting into me apostolic vision, apostolic vision to see the kingdom advance and, and a calling for apostolic work. And, and I, that was when I really started getting a heart for church planting. And they were, that church was in a church planting um, phase in their, in their ministry, so God was putting that heart in me and just a growing heart to change the world. Amen. That church had flags of every single nation in the world hanging from the ceiling. Every week when you're worshiping in there, you're under the, 
the, the flowing of the nations. And it's, it just gives you that heart for the world. And so um, <clears throat> it was there that I met Jessica, and she had just come back from living a year and a half in Thailand. That's kind of cool, right? So we love Thai food. She's trying to get me to Thailand sometime. We'll see how that goes. I'd like to go. But she actually had done about, I think, three Youth with a Mission courses, YWAM courses, um, before that. And, but, but I remember meeting her. We parked out down the road. She was next to me, closer to the building. She got out, and she's wearing that summer yellow dress, right? Walking right in front of me. And I haven't been able to take my eyes off of her ever since. So that's cool. Yep. And, and we, ended, we actually got married on May 14, 2005. Um, after I graduated a, an internship at New Song, um, I'd been in about a two-year training program there. I helped a guy from New Song and his church plant to Lewisburg called Potter's House. His name was Bobby Jeter. So I got to serve a church planter. It was awesome. So God started putting more of that. I got to actually get in on a church plant and experience the pain <laughs> and the glories and all the stuff that's in between. It was good. So that helped me to get an inside view of church planting. And after, you know, Jessica started serving there with me as well, and we got married in 2005. <clears throat> after we got married, the Lord started um, stirring in our hearts the nations and, and started like just reminding us that he's called us to change this world. And so I had had a vision about Japan in the past and felt like there's some kind of a calling to Japan. And so we prayed into it. How, like, what do we do? Are, we, are you sending us to Japan? And, and, but we knew that we needed to have a season of like pre preparation to do that kind of work. And so the Lord actually sent us to Hawaii. Can you believe that? Come on, God, are you serious? <laughs> we got to move to Honolulu and live there for two years. <clears throat> and the reason that, he, that we went there was because there was a church that was, the pastor is actually in relationship with the pastor at, at New Song, right? And they were friends, same denomination, church planning movement. He has churches in Japan. Awesome. So, and that guy's name is Ralph Moore. God moved us to Hawaii. The first Sunday there, I got to meet Ralph Moore. He didn't know who I was, but I told him why we moved there. And something stirred in his heart. And he said, well, I do a mentoring group with a few men on Saturday mornings of people who either have just planted churches or are planning to. And I want to, I just want to pour wisdom into people who are preparing for this. So from day one, in Hawaii, I got to start meeting with this guy and his group and just got a lot of favor on that, which was awesome. And so had all that time and got to collect some good wisdom for church planning. It was pretty cool. <clears throat> and, we, and we were there to, thinking that we were going to move to Japan to be missionaries. And little did I understand before we made that expensive, huge move to Hawaii that, that their concept of doing missions in Japan wasn't what I always thought it was. It looked different, and so I had to have this real rude awakening readjustment of expectations. And, excuse me, the, to do missions in Japan th their way 
means you do it bivocationally, which is a good approach, but it wasn't what I was mentally prepared for. And so getting a job and then doing ministry on the side, because you got to support yourself. And Japan is like one of the most expensive countries in the world. So you kind of need the money, right? And so, but also it helps get you inroads with people. So they wanted, Ralph Moore wanted me to be able to go there and get a job, but that means I have to get a work visa. But to get a work visa means I have to have a college degree, which I did not have from World Harvest Bridal College. All right? So <clears throat> what that meant was if I want to go to missions and to be a, sorry, go to Japan, be a missionary through Hope Chapel, I'm going to have to go to four years of college. God, why couldn't you have told me this like 10 years ago? <laughs> I could have had this long under my belt by now, but nope, that's not what he did. So I was looking in schools and getting ready to plug away. I, I had to have this reckoning with God that, uh, that I'd be willing to do whatever it takes to win a few, to win some, right? Whatever it takes, like that's a high cost to win a few, you know what I'm saying? So it was a huge burden, a huge mountain, but I was willing to do it. <clears throat> and in the season... That I, was, that I was laying my life down to the Lord in a whole new way, guess what happened? Uh, uh, so God started doing a, a, an awakening that I didn't anticipate. We learned about Roland and Heidi Baker in Mozambique doing missions over there where, the, where revival has broken out and they've planted over 2,000 churches and have thousands of orphans that they call their children and like they're seeing miracles they're seeing blind eyes open deaf ears open dead being raised and it's in a foreign land right it's missions that's what I always dreamed missions would look like not let me go get my degree in the other side of Hawaii you know what I'm saying so something was was stirring in us and we're like starting to question the track we're on because it didn't really fit for what was in our hearts but in that same season, it was April 2008, um, <clears throat> a revival broke out in Lakeland, Florida, led by a man named Todd Bentley. Has anybody ever heard of the Lakeland Revival? A few of you? Some, some of you. All right. I, 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 what I'm getting ready to say to you is really important to me. I do want to give this disclaimer that I, I am not going to give any validation or accounting of Todd Bentley since this time because he kind of went to a not good place after this, all right? I don't know how he's doing now, but in this time, I just need you to know this was so real, okay? It was so real. <clears throat> so the Lakeland Revival broke out. God TV starts showing like every night of this revival. I, I started watching it on the internet, and I was working... I actually had a job, and I was working from home in this season, and uh, <clears throat> something started just shifting in me. The, the, all I need is the glory of God. In that revival, it started out with a few hundred, and then within a few days, it was several thousand, and they had to take it out of the church and take it to this big, huge tent, like an airport tent or whatever, and, where they could fit like 10,000 people in there. Because people started hearing what God was doing, and they started showing up from around the world. And God's glory, his thick glory, was filling that place, and miracles were happening every night. 
People got literally raised from the dead from that revival. It's crazy. God was doing some profound stuff. And, there, and, and one thing that really marked that revival was, was angelic encounters and, and manifestations of angelic happenings. And so <clears throat> I was, I was uh, watching it in, our, in my living room sometimes. And this one day I was going to watch it. And the Lord said, Jesse, I was going to actually do some chores while I was listening to the worship part. And the Lord said, don't do chores. I want you to give me your all right now. And so I was like, all right, Lord, I'm going to worship you. So I started posturing my heart and started worshiping him. And, and the Holy Spirit came on me and put me in a trance. A tra- I went into a trance and he gave me an open vision of God sitting on his throne in heaven. I saw God sitting on his throne in heaven. I couldn't see his face, but I saw his form sitting there. And, and if, if I was where that pole was looking at God sitting here, I could see him looking at somebody over here about where John is. And I, did, I couldn't see that, but I could tell there's somebody there. And he looked over at him. And in open vision form, I heard God say this. He said, I don't want Jesse to miss out on the impartation of this move of God that's happening. I thought that was kind of a, a pretty averagely neat experience. <laughs> After the open vision closed, I, there I am in my living room again, right? And, and, I, and then I had a vision. I saw a, a golden-colored angel descend through the ceiling and land before me on the floor, kneeling to me, and it, not worshiping me, but kneeling in a, like a servant posture, holding something up for me, and I didn't know what it was, but I knew that God wanted me to reach out and grab it and pull it in out of faith, and I did that, and I don't know what was going on at the time, but something was pretty powerful, I'll just say, and then after that happened, he left, (laughs) and then I had a pretty good worship service at that time. A couple of weeks later, I went to the other side of the island and went to this park so I could go pray for a few hours. And, and I, I was just having a good time with the Lord, trying to figure out what he's doing, right? And I was getting ready to leave. And so I went to get in my car to leave, and the, and the Holy Spirit said, just one more moment, Jesse. I was like, all right. So I, I sat there, and I closed my eyes, and I put my hands out like this, and I felt his presence just fall on me. And then all of a sudden, I could feel the presence of a being standing right next to me, literally right on the other side of the car door. I could feel the presence of somebody standing right there. And, and I could tell in my spirit that it was an angel. And I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, is this the same angel that came into my living room? And he said, yes, it is. And I said, that's awesome. Am I allowed to talk to him? And he said, yes, you can. And so I, I started talking to this angel, and I could hear the angel talking, not audibly, but from the same way that I can hear the Holy Spirit speak to me. But I knew it was a different voice, but a holy one, right? This angel was talking to me. And after we talked for a moment, I, I said to the angel, I said, I'm glad you're here with me. And the angel said, I'm glad I'm here with you too, but I'm more excited about where we're going. All right? We're excited about where we're going. And then um, 
And then a few days later, the Lord told me that he needs me and Jessica to get to Lakeland to the revival so we can get an impartation. And he provided the finances that I didn't have for us to fly all the way over there so we could attend this revival for three days. And the first night we went, um, Todd Bentley ended by saying we're going to close with a, with a, not a, he didn't call it a fire tunnel, he called it an impartation tunnel. Because God said, get an impartation. This night they actually called it an impartation tunnel. And they had all their prayer servants lined up, and it was about 10 miles long because they have so many servants, maybe not that long, but at least a half a mile. <laughs> and, and so we walked through that thing, and it was crazy powerful. But the farther I got in it, the more the glory started weighing down on me. And, and when we got out of it and a few feet away from it, the, the weight of the glory was so heavy on me, I couldn't stand. I fell on the floor, and I was out cold for an hour. And while I'm laying there on the floor, I'm, see, I'm, I'm seeing angels in the room. And, I, and the Lord is like he opened my eye and my spirit, man, to be able to see angels. Some, not always, okay? I'm not one of those always people. But, but I started having angelic encounters. And, and then the Lord told me, he said, Jesse, you are currently under a really good apostolic covering. But time's coming soon when I'm going to transfer, transfer you to a different apostolic covering, and it's one that's focused on my glory and on my signs and wonders. And after he said that, I saw a picture in my head of Bill Johnson. That was awesome. I, I, I knew that I need to be careful not to just jump to conclusions. So after we went back to Hawaii, we prayed into this for a few weeks and asking the Lord, are you calling us to Bethel? And, and so as we were praying into it and we were asking um, our multitude of counsel to pray into this with us, see what God's saying. The Lord started confirming to us very clearly that he was calling us to Bethel, all right? And so we actually moved to Bethel in February of 2009. You guys doing all right? Yeah. All right. I'm realizing that I have to trim down some things. <laughs> I'm going to talk more about, what's that? Gee, thank you, brother. If we can get everybody to raise your hand in agreement, then we'll, I'll just, all right. Uh, we, we moved to Bethel not for the sake of going to the school of ministry or to try to get a job at the church or anything like that. 100% was to go immerse ourselves into the environment, come under their apostolic covering to get under the blessing of that. And, and then to become part of the family of Bethel and to serve the vision, the, the apostolic vision and mandate of the house of Bethel, to become a part of that, and, and knowing that God probably won't keep us there forever, that we believe he's going to send us out because he's called us to export what he's doing to other places, okay? So, he, so we went there, and, uh, and it was awesome, and immediately coming under that spiritual covering like we started, our, our gifts, the Spirit started spiking to whole new levels because we got under that blessing. So like we started having prophetic dreams every single night, started having encounters like crazy. I started having more angelic visitations and, and just glory stuff happening and seeing more healings happen easier. It was just crazy. And the Lord eventually did say that I was supposed to go through BSSM 
uh, because that was where I was going to get a more concentrated impartation of this stuff. And so I did that, and I went there. While I was there, I actually attended a class called Clap Track. <laughs> Clap Track. It, it means church leadership and planting. And, it, and so they were, they were training us like with values to take into the church um, ministry and stuff and bring revival to it. And also, just, just by the way, some Japan opportunities started opening. So we actually did get to touch Japan, but God changed the way we thought it was going to be. I interned for Steve Backland. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to probably have to continue part of my story next week, so I'm just going to try to get to some where I need to land today. Um, I interned for Steve Backland in, third, in my third year experience, and he, um, he actually appointed me to be what he called a regional catalyst. And a regional catalyst was someone who was going to have a region of the United States to focus on to build relationships with pastors in that region that wanted to be part of the Bethel movement. And so Steve's like, Jesse, pray about what region you feel like God's highlighting to you. And every time Jessica and I would pray into this, I started seeing those visions of Indiana and the revival fire breaking out that he gave me. And I was like, God, I think you're calling me to sow into that, aren't you? And he said, yes, I want you to adopt the Great Lakes region, which was Indiana, Michigan, Ohio, and Illinois. And, and so I, I started doing that. I started building relationships here with leaders and started traveling out here and seeing God move. It was awesome. Come on. How many of you guys believe that God has big plans for this area? Yeah. There's a lot of prophetic words about crazy powerful things coming. And so I just felt like God was saying, you got to sow into that. This is where I told you I was going to break out. You have a part in this. Sow into that. And so I did. And, and, then, and then we started doing more itinerant ministry after that too. And but God, I, I went around the world a lot of places, but God kept honing in. Indiana. Focus on Indiana. Lord, why can't I focus on like Colorado or the cooler states? No, Indiana, right? And so, so then I became a revival group pastor at Bethel, and which was awesome. I got to be on the pastoral staff, and the, the Lord gave me that time so I could learn more about pastoral ministry and shepherding people, not just with weekend explosions, but actually taking people on a journey of growth, right? Because that's important, don't you think? Not just have a, a momentary explosive weekend, but to grow, right? And so he, he gave me that time as a pastor in BSM, and I got to sit in the, in the meetings with the upper leadership. And, and so they started putting the DNA into us at a higher level because God wanted to get that culture in us, not just from a student level, but from a leading level. Amen. So we grew closer as a family in that time, um, grew deeper into the Bethel vision, the apostolic vision, but we were praying into where's God going to send us from here because we don't feel like this is forever. Where's he going to send us? And we, we actually drew, we drew a map, eight-hour radius around where my parents lived here in Indiana and where Jessica's parents lived in Tennessee, where it overlaps, where like God... We pray that you'll send us within that region so we're that closer to our families. But we're, we're praying, Lord, but we really specifically are asking for Appalachian Mountains. 
But in the fall of 2016, God made it very clear to us that he's calling us to Indiana. And so Jessica and I went through a whole season of God giving us vision and confirmations and all this stuff. And God kept reminding me of that revival fire. Guys, revival fire that he wants to break out in this place. Come on. Fire starts in a spot. And then it spreads outward, right? It's got to start in a spot. And it's got to spread outward. Okay? And so God was giving us revelations and confirmations and prophecies and dreams and visions and encounters that, where he kept just speaking to us about what he believes, not just what he believes, what he plans to do here if people will put their yes on it. I'm going to tell you more about that next week because I'm going to run out of time, all right? But I'll just, I'm going to try to land this soon because I want to pray for you guys. But the Lord, he gave us the, we, we started submitting this stuff to our leadership, have a huge value for submitting to authorities, huge value. Spiritual coverings, so important. It's, it was important to us at Bethel, it was important to us. In Hawaii, too, we did that with our leaders there, submitting, I want you to speak into this. I'm not going to make a decision until I feel like you can bless this thing. And, and so we submitted it to our leaders, and they were, they, each person that we submitted to said, we see God on this, and we feel like now is the time. But they said, but you need to now submit it to the next level up. So they, re, they referred me up, to the, up the chain of command. And every time we, we were prepared for them to say, no or not yet, because we wanted to submit to what they sensed in the Spirit. But every time they said yes, and the time is now. And it went all the way up to Danny Silk, Bill Johnson, and Chris Vallotton. And they all saw it. What do you think about that? So I resigned in August of 2017 from my pastor job. In faith, little fear. Giving up an income that was supporting a wife and kids. Jessica was working a part-time job as well at the health clinic. But we did it in faith, knowing that God's going to have to come through, but we trusted that if he's on this, he will. And so I gave up a dream job. Pastoring at Bethel, dream job for me. I gave it up because I knew that God has something more to do right here. And I, and I resigned, and, and my pay ended at the end of the summer. And guess what? The same month that my, pay, my last, last paycheck was coming, Jessica got a promotion in her job that we did not foresee. She became the director of her department, and her pay increased so much that it was able to cover all of our, income, all of our bills without needing me to have an income. But we didn't see that coming. But God's like, I'm on your yes. Come on. And so that fall and that year, that next several months, we're like, we're, we're trying to, we're getting God's vision for this thing. We're getting God's confirmations on it. We're getting our leaders blessing it. We're trying to cast the net to see if anybody wanted to jump in on, this, on a church planning team. And it was, a, it was exciting and also exhausting but the thing that was crazy was the Lord is going to move us here in March 
And we didn't know what our finances would look like on this side of it either. So we got up to the place where, where the finances, we're going to be taking that leap of faith. And the Lord had actually told us not to try to fundraise. Okay, we could have. But we trusted that he's going to provide. And like people started sending us money that we never asked for so much that it covered our entire move and all the legal expenses to become a, a corporation or whatever you call it. And, and like it's expensive, all right? And then like getting established over here. God gave us all the money to do that that we'd never expected. We didn't even ask anybody for it. But he's good. He, he funds the yes. Amen. He, if, if it's God's will, he foots the bill. <laughs> it was crazy. And I, I've got to close. <clears throat> I've got to close. I have other great things to tell you. You guys want to do a round two right now? I'm joking. You're getting, you're getting nervous, aren't you? It's like, is he serious? Yes, you're going to eat dinner tonight, not lunch. I'm just kidding. All right. I, I didn't, I, I've not really talked through all this stuff, so it's hard for me to pre-plan how long it takes to get through it. <laughs> That's where I'm, I'm struggling with that right now. All right. But I, I have to at least get you to a landing spot that's, that has impartation on it. I can save some of that for next week. Next week, I'm excited because I want to talk to you guys about some of the promises that he's given us. Yeah, you better get excited because <laughs> it's, it's, it's bigger than you and me. I want to I at least answer this question to you. Why did we come here? Okay, why did we come here? I want to answer this. <clears throat> Ultimately... We came here to create a community that is cultivating and hosting open heavens to where we'll see heaven come to earth together. That is the primary reason why we came here. And with that, we, we honor Bethel, okay, we honor Bethel. We, we don't carry the name in our church title, but we, we do bear the name because we're part of the Bethel family, okay? And so <clears throat> God sent us to Bethel to give us the impartation of the DNA, okay? And when, when I make reference to Bethel, I don't say they, I say we, all right? That's my family. That's my family. And, and so we, we came here to bring with us, revival culture, kingdom culture from Bethel movement, okay? We came here for that. I'm not trying to replicate Bethel here, but we have DNA, and we want to build with that, and we want to see what God can build right here in Indiana. It's going to look different than Bethel in Redding, California. It is looking different, but I've had people actually visit here from Bethel and say it feels like I'm at home right here because it actually is working, that's a good thing. So we, we came to bring DNA, and what, what's packed in that DNA? Well, here's a few things. Kingdom and revival culture, uh, revelation of our identity in Christ, okay? 
um, the culture of honor, prophetic gifting and culture, healing and miracles, gifts of the Spirit, open heaven realities, and, and how to cause open heaven realities, and building a kingdom family. That, that is Bethel DNA right there, okay? That's what we're here to build. And, and so we're also here to build a healthy family where we can raise up y'all and them all who aren't here yet, but will be, and I declare over them, to, to, to grow into healthy sons and daughters of God who are revivalists. I don't just want to be a revivalist. I want to breed revivalists. Come on. Bill Johnson says, I'm not trying to build a big church. I want to build big people. Right? That's, that's what we're here for. That's what we're here for. And so, all, and all the thing, and, and together that we're bringing the kingdom into our midst. We're seeing it manifested together, right? Corporately and individually, but, but we're, we're seeing God move. And so, I, I, I'm excited to unpack more of that stuff later, but... Uh, uh, I want you guys to know, like, all the things I've been preaching and teaching over the last few years, like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get this stuff stirred in us and, and see it like, like seeds that germinates and becomes actual living plants that bear fruit and, and, and bring seeds that spread into others. And what started out as maybe, you know, a handful of, of little trees in an orchard grows up, but the seeds become a giant orchard. I believe for God to do great things that's more than just a momentary move of God, but actually becomes a, a, a movement that's sustained that we do together, and God grows through this thing in us. Amen? And, and so I, I just want to close with these thoughts. Since God called us to come here, the Lord has revealed to me even since then um, the, when God said, I don't want Jesse to miss out on the impartation of this revival, he wasn't just talking about that weekend trip to Lakeland re- revival. He was actually talking about the, the kingdom of God. And, and when he sent us to Bethel, that was part of what he meant. But it was also more than that. It was to bring that stuff here and to build towards that to see what God's going to do and how magnificent it can become. All right? And, and he also let me know this, that golden angel experience, and it manifested to me in that park. And he said to me, he said, he said I'm, glad I'm, I'm glad we're here, but I'm more excited about where we're headed. At that moment, I thought what he meant was he's going to make sure that we get to the Lakeland Revival. But I've encountered that angel multiple times along the way. And that angel, actually, the Lord sent him to help us also get to Bethel because he, he said, I'm excited, I'm more excited about where we're headed. Well, we, I didn't know at that time we had nine years ahead of us at Bethel Revival. Okay? But it's been in the last two to three years that I was in my office at my house and I, I was feeling God's presence surround me so much and His glory was in my room. And, and that angel, that same angel came into the room and I said, are you the same angel? And he said, yes, I am. 
And I said, I said, well, what are you here for? And he said, well, I've been with you the whole time. And he said, I'm excited about being here with you, but I'm more excited about where we're going. If, that, if the angel was more excited about where we're going, and back then what was ahead of us was Lakeland Revival and the Bethel Revival, and he's even more excited about what's ahead, what in the world does that mean for us, guys? Come on. But we got to be caught on the fire. Like, we, it, it, like, I can't make this happen alone. It takes a people to do it. It takes a people to, to, to want it and need it and encounter it and be imparted of it and, like, being all in to make it happen. Does that make sense? And I believe what God showed me in the, in the 90s about that revival breaking out here. I believe it. And listen, that's why I'm willing to go through all the hardships and the toils and the pains that I've been through. It's more than you guys have any idea. I've been willing to walk through the bowels of hell to see this thing happen because I know that there's greater things ahead of us than what we have experienced yet. I believe it. Vision gives purpose to the pain. All right? There's more to come, but we have to press in. We've got to press through. We've got to lay hold of this thing, and there's a cost that comes with it. And I believe that God is serious about a great revival, and I believe all the prophetic promises that God's given to this region and to Overflow Church. And that's why we're here. We paid a huge price for this, guys, and we haven't seen anything yet. I don't want to quit early. You guys don't want to quit early. But you got to lay hold of it. You got to lay hold of it. Uh, as long as God has us here, I'm willing to live and die for this. Right now, I see no other anything else in sight because there's so much that's got to get done all right so i'm not even thinking on the other side of this i just want to see revival so there's an inheritance for us all it's, it's bigger than just for me and jessica that's for all of us it's for those who haven't even come here yet there's an inheritance that the lord wants to invite people into to lay hold of this thing and there's so much angelic activity in this more than you guys know I promise you, like the, the Lord told me this morning that the angels are so excited about what we haven't even seen yet, that, that like you couldn't go to a 10,000 uh, seat filled uh, revival in Lakeland where the glory's happening and all that stuff, like those angels couldn't have been more excited than the angels that are here for a reason to see what's coming. You hear me? We're built, God sent us here for such a time as this. The world is going to, to the, the toilet. And, and, and a lot of the church is too. But God's doing something new right now. And he, He's trying to build something that maybe we haven't seen it yet, but he's, there, there are new things coming. We've got to be ready for it. We're building a wineskin for a season we're not even in yet. But, but I need to know that you guys are going to press into this with us because we got somewhere to go. Amen? Amen. 
And, and I felt like the way that I wanted to end this, we're not going to have a ministry team today, but, uh, but I just want to invite people. And by the way, it is 15 after 12. So if you, if you are of the mindset that church ends at 12, <laughs> well, I've cut into your time. All right. But I, I want to invite it. You can get going if you need to. Parents are probably going to have to go get kids here in a moment because um, that you're supposed to by 12.15. Jessica's probably back there. Is Jesse ever going to shut up? <laughs> I want to invite people who want to to come up. And, and Seth, are you good? Seth and I are going to come lay hands on anybody who wants to. I just believe that the Lord wants to release that impartation. Uh, you, and you got to believe it. Like, it, like you, you don't, don't measure it by, do you think I look like the hot stuff that this guy should be, right? Like the anoint, the, the man of God. Like that's up to you if you want to believe that. I am a man of God, right? And I do have anointing on me. There's impartation. And, and I just want to share it because I believe that God wants to light you on fire for the more. Amen.